Low, like okay. the low. Okay. Hi, welcome to The Low, and I am going to be one of your co-hosts, McKinney, and just to start off with a brief introduction on who I am, I'm a lifestyle blogger, a women's uh, empowerment organizer, um, along with many other hats, you can find more of what I do on McKinney 101, M-A-K-I-N-I 101, and I'm also a wife of wrongfully convicted Ricardo Marsden, so we're just here to share some truth with you guys. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Lulu. Um, I am the wife of an incarcerated king. Um, I just want to come and share with you all my story, my experience, what it's like to have a healthy, loving relationship beyond that wall. Um, I don't think people realize how real it really is. Um, and so I just want to share my experience and hopefully I can connect with other women who share the same experience as I do. Um, my husband and I have a podcast called Married to an Inmate. You can find it on Apple, Google, any podcast play platform that you might want to listen to. And um, this is just the beginning. So you know, if you guys have questions, we want to hear them. We want to talk about it. We want to get everything out on the floor, what it's like to be um, a loved one of someone who is incarcerated and the impacts that it has on our communities and um, how it changes all of us. Incarceration changes everybody involved. So, you know, most of us are advocates, abolitionists, um, freedom fighters, as you would, as you would say, um, and we're fighting the fight because we understand the breakdown in the system and the systematic oppression. So um, that's just a little bit of who we are and what we do um, as far as I'm concerned, and I will let the Lotus on Fire go next. Hello, I'm the Lotus on Fire. Um, I'm a Reiki therapist, which is someone who deals with people's energy, you know, to healing process and to balance their chakras. Um, my dynamic is kind of different. I'm a mother of two incarcerated young men. Um, and one is in Tennessee, one is in Mississippi. Um, and it's very different. I'm in Nevada. So um, it's strange as a toll. Um, and I'm just here to, you know, connect, like she said, connect with there who can relate to my story. I have been gone two years, one, two years, one, one year. And it's a very different walk for me. <laughs> and I advocate for them. That's pretty much about me. Hey, y'all, I'm Ramita. I have a little different story. I am the ex of someone that's incarcerated. I held him down for three and a half years. And sometimes things just don't work out for whatever reason. I'm here to uh, share my story because sometimes you know, there's somebody out there who needs to hear and who can relate to me as well. I am a member of the PLUS organization. And tomorrow I have a special event going on called A Night of Power Tree. You can uh, look for me on Facebook, Amira Rose. And we have all types of poets and rappers and musicians coming from state to state, locked up and out here in this free world, men and women. So I hope you'll join us tomorrow for A Night of Power Tree. And again, you can look for that on Amira Rose Facebook page. Let's go, ladies. I'm ready. So since we're all dealing with this <laughs> pandemic right now of COVID, um, everybody's dealing with our current situation of, of helping or just being involved with somebody that's incarcerated right now. And we're all dealing with different challenges. 
Like for one, I just had a baby um, seven months ago and that was during COVID process. So that whole story, that whole situation in itself was just kind of crazy because we had just went on a trailer and literally that week is when sporadically we I decided that I was going to fly out to Florida where my in-laws were so that I would actually have somebody because I didn't have anybody here um, in this location. And I flew out, <laughs> COVID, there was probably five people on the plane. And um, yeah, it was definitely very different than having to transfer all your doctor's records. When you go into hospital, you can't have anybody with you. So when I first initially went in, I was alone. And then I had to get my labor induced. Um, so then after that, my mother-in-law was actually able to come in and be with me during the uh, birthing process of it. So it was very different, but nobody could stay over the night. And then, you know, because I was in a different state, obviously my husband could have seen his child. And that was a struggle in itself. I ended up going back to New York probably four months later. Mm -hmm. And now that the whole system in, in this state, I don't know how it's affecting you guys in that in your states where your loved ones are, but over here, all the jails are doing something different. Everybody got different rules for everything. And um, it was a struggle because you see a lot of people dealing with, you know, elderly people, handicapped people that are coming there to just check on their loved ones. Cause you know, when they're in prison, it's not like they can escape a, a disease or a pandemic. There's no such thing as social distancing in a prison. Like that doesn't make any sense. Um, so it was risky for everybody, but it's very uncertain how right. things are. Cause a lot of families have lost their jobs. They're not able to um, provide the means to sustain that relationship with whoever it is they're supporting in prison. And just the whole process of going to visit now has completely changed and it's become extremely strenuous on everybody, including the baby, because you can see the level of discomfort um, that he is in sometimes when we, we do go and visit because it's not, he wants to engage with his father, but he's not allowed to. Mm -hmm. So it's like the baby's trying to go to you, but then yeah. he's yeah. the only one that can't actually hold him. So it's it's learning how to balance this whole new way of living and life right now for everybody. And it's a lot. Like you you saw me on live the other day when I went to see him and I just completely flipped out over the nonsense. Yeah, yeah but but that's a so real, you were able that's to a go real to life issue. Mm hmm Yeah. When they reopened see? the jail, we went. Yeah, they're um, different states because Mississippi, no. I don't know what states have uh, allowed visits right now. I heard Florida does, but I know here in Illinois and in Mississippi and Alabama, they are closed down. There are no visits. So I can't go see my my best friend that's locked up in Illinois. I can't go see, you know, my How guy long? that's in Alabama. Have they been like that? Um, I, uh, since March here in Illinois, I'm not sure about Alabama, Mississippi though. Right. And I know for me, I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen my husband in at least nine months. 
And it's in a place, you know, in South Carolina, you know, they don't have video visits. Um, people don't want them to get video visits because they fear that with the video visits that people might take away the contact visits. Um, and so, you know, you just think about it. Um, I read an article the other day that was talking about how tired um, correctional officers are. And <clears throat> while this article was going all down the line about how tired correctional officers are, I just thought about how your mama used to act back in the day when she came home <laughs> and she was tired. You know, it was like basically like sit your down and shut up, right? So you can imagine <clears throat> our loved ones already being in an environment where um, people view them as animals. Yeah. You know, people look at them as, you know, less than and they don't care about them in the same regard as we do or as they would even care for a cat or a dog. That's so. Fair. In this situation, you know, for me, I have turned into like this super advocate fighting, talking, going down to the state house, you know, um, starting rallies, you know, email campaigns, working with different groups of people, trying to fight for the rights of those who are incarcerated. Mm -hmm. I think what people, um, people have the wrong concept, you know, idea around an incarcerated person. Yes, there are people in prison who should never leave prison. But if the objective behind prison is rehabilitation, exactly. You know, <clears throat> where do we stand with that? Like and and what people fail to realize is that because prisons and institutions do not focus on a person's rehabilitation, and 95% of them return back to society regardless of rehabilitation or not. Mm -hmm. You're just, you know, it's like you're reinfecting the community with cancer if Absolutely. you are not a strong-willed or strong-minded person who's incarcerated, who decides, I want better for my life. I want to do something bigger and better. And, you know, you got to really stand in that because everything negative is coming against you. And then for us, you know, being someone who cares for them, it's like you can't, you know, when you hear about things like, in South Carolina, especially, you know, there were weeks and weeks and weeks where we were calling these institutions because people had gone over a week and a half without a shower. Mm. And what I have come to understand about people is that if they knew what was really going on, because I think that most people are reasonable, even if you're like far in this direction or far in that direction. I think that if people knew what was really going on inside of those institutions, it will blow their mind. It will blow their mind to even think about some of the food that's served, the way that people are treated, how people are left for dead. And so, you know, I have really tried to take um, this pandemic and turn it into an opportunity to push a restorative justice in every direction that I could, just trying to be involved in every way possible because, you know, it is something that's important. It is something that's now, but it's just, you know, it's really hard when you haven't seen your loved one in so long and you don't know. For me, like, I have no clue when I might. So let me right. ask you guys. You guys have JPay oh, um, in your state? No. Illinois does, but they don't have, like, uh, videos yeah. or video visits. They well, just have, like, you know, emails. 
So there's a lot of states that have JPay, but they haven't yet set up the cameras for the inmates to have mm. video visits, or they haven't set up the cameras to even right. like record a video and send it off like some states do. So even with that, not all states have that. So again, COVID now is not only interfering with the visits, but now they're saying that the companies can't even get out there to the prisons to set it up because they don't have enough employees because of COVID to set it up. Mm. So it's like the circle that doesn't stop, you know? Right. Well, yeah, Yeah. it is. And I think that for what I have grown to understand is like, they try to make things extremely complicated before they make, you know, something that could be so simple. They try Mm -hmm. to just make it extremely complicated. And a lot of it has to do with that power struggle. Right. But then in the same component, what about the mental health component of people who are locked in these cells mm-hmm. and, you know, they don't have, and for the most part, you have people who have been locked in cells for months and months and months, you know, not just like a little bit of in the, time. in the box. Yeah. yeah it's I like solitary the, confinement. Right. I talked to one of the brothers out in uh, California and their unit didn't have anything. And then they started bringing some inmates in from other units and then they like, there was like so many hundreds that got infected. They have literally been in lockdown now for four and a half months, four and a half months. You know, it's ridiculous. Like With they're no not plan. no plan. They showed me like some of the cleaning products. Like it doesn't even like, come on, that, that's yeah. not a cleaning product. You know, they didn't, they didn't pass out masks and then they didn't even take away, not take away, but they didn't separate the COVID versus non-COVID patients. So you know, it's ridiculous. He he's like they were. He was like he said he thought it was like a death. Yeah, that's crazy. The, initially, they, hey, you they guys, tried to start doing it like that. Hold Over on one here. second. What's me? No, Lo- Lotus. What were you saying? So I'm trying to interact with the viewers. So- Creating unnecessary barriers for this is she said this is the first time this is our first time doing a live actually this is our first episode Stephanie uh, yeah it has created a lot of barriers um it's for me because we can't go visit and a lot of other things you know just like she said McKinney stated that she can go visit however she can't touch so yeah it's the first time in 2020 that people have had drive by graduations and things of nature so yeah it really has put a barrier on a lot of things. Right. And we need to make sure that as we're talking about our our brothers and sisters that are locked up, de- having to deal with this. I just battled COVID, had a three-month battle, and I'm still battling the, the post effects. And I know how hard it was for me out here with doctors and with being able to go to the grocery store and getting what I can get. But mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it's like for these men and women who catch COVID behind bars to have to battle it with nothing. Because I know they're not getting the hot teas and the lemon and the ginger and, you know, what I'm saying? the, the elderberries. The elderberry. Like, that was like my drug right there. And, you know, so we have to think about that, too. Not only the mental, but the health aspect of it all. They're not getting taken care of the way they need to be taken care of. Um, and we have to remind our, our, our remind them that don't take ibuprofen because the virus feeds off of that. You, you want to rest because the, the COVID makes you feel so tired, but at the same time, we need to let you guys know to get the exercise because your body needs that strength. You know what I'm saying? There's so much that a lot of guys and women did not know not what to do and not to do. You know, I had a mother said, 
her son has had been battling COVID for four months now, and the nurse has still been giving him ibuprofen. Until I posted the other day that not to take ibuprofen, they had no clue. And she like instantly like screamed and was like, wait a second, what do you mean don't take ibuprofen? I was like, no, don't take it. So then she was able to tell her son and he was able to pass the word amongst other inmates. Like there's just so much misinformation. Mm-hmm. And some of these doctors honestly don't know. My doctor was honest with me. He said, we don't know. We This, this is new to us. Like it's new to y'all. So, you know, we have to make sure we inform each other, inform our loved ones behind those bars. And we have to take care of them as much as we can from out here and there. Yeah. I mean, and I, I agree with that. Um, it's just, it's it's been such an eye-opening experience to me, um, just the whole start from start to finish, right? You know, I knew that last time I went to visit, I circled back and went back again because I was like, oh, they're getting ready to shut this down. And I don't know for how long. And I couldn't even imagine seeing my husband and being able to touch him. I just couldn't even see myself doing that at all. So that, um, you know, that's a struggle. And then I hear, um, you know, just the horror stories of everything that has gone on since this has started inside um, of the institutions. And as far, you know, just like people even like cutting themselves. um, What's the location that you go to when you first, when you first get brought into prison? Um, The holding cell maybe? Yeah, yeah, so it, it's not called that in South Carolina. It's called something yeah. else. But there were people who were actually cutting themselves to get out so that they could just get out of that cell because, you know, they didn't have access to canteen. They didn't have access to, uh, you know, calls and things like that. And you're talking about people setting yeah. in that setting for six months plus. Like, this is crazy. And, you know, and I just above all else, it's like, you just want to be able to put your hands on your loved one and make sure, you know, you just got to like touch them up and feel them and make sure that they're okay. Like, I just yeah. just want to feel your heart. Beating. So I know, you know, a lot of times they try to put that, you know, everything's okay for side on because that's what they got to do. Right. Of and we also need to make sure that we remind the men and women behind bars. Yeah, right. Right. They know they're not going to give you the care that you need. They know that you're not going to get the care that you need. So as hard as it is, you still have to take precautions. Wear the mask. I know nobody likes to wear a mask. Okay, maybe except for me. But nobody else likes to wear a mask. I get it. But y'all need to wear your mask. Y'all need to wipe down the phones before you use the phones. Stop smoking after each other because all of that passes the virus. And you might think mm-hmm. you're good. You might think your boy didn't, don't got the virus. But guess what? They might have the virus. You just don't know. So, you, so everyone has to take responsibility and play their part as well. You know what I'm saying? If my six-year-old daughter can wear a mask for three months to help protect herself from me, then you guys can wear the, the, the mask too. Like, just be safe out there. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, how safe is the mask, right? So my husband has the same two masks that he got back in March. Um, yeah. I mean, we have to wear masks every day. So I already know if I'm wearing even the fancy ones, if I'm wearing them a couple of days, I'm like, ugh, you know, I'm so yeah. imagine yeah. having those same little cut up panties that they had sewed together <laughs> to make them some masks. That's disgusting. Yeah. And that's the it part is. right there. It is. I get on my boy in Alabama all the time. Like I make him wear a mask. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like I know they're not the safest, but a little bit of something. I just like a little bit of something will help because this virus is no joke. And I didn't wish it on nobody because I know I went through hell. And I can't, like I said, I can't imagine nobody fighting it behind them bars at all. Like it's yeah. It's no good. And that's yeah. this is exactly so, why we have to be their voices because that 
the conditions that they're living in is already inhumane. That's one. Yeah. Um, and two, the way they're going, like the fact that New York was able to open up and allow us to go on visits with some restrictions, I don't understand why other states weren't able to do the same um, because other states did open up and went right. back to proceed to their businesses like nothing even happened. So I don't understand that level of restriction because that that right there is unhealthy. Yeah. I'm just imagining the fact that I'm lucky that I'm able to at least sit six feet apart and physically see him to know that, okay, he's good and yeah. okay, I could breathe now and go carry on with my life. But for you to not have an idea, and it's not like everybody has access to the phones. And then on top of it, I'm notice, I'm noticing that you guys don't all have the same type of um, program to where you can send videos or receive emails or things like that. So it's even more of a restriction. And once again, what Lulu said about the mental health, um, a lot of them probably have mental health issues from even being in that situation. Right. Um, so the fact that they're not receiving the type of help that they need for whatever their issues might be, and then on top of the fact that you're isolating them from human contact, that's like being in the shoe 24-7. Yeah. And we already know the effects that that has because they say after, I think it's 26 to 30 days, um, your brain starts to slowly deteriorate itself after yeah. 26 to 30 days. I'm pretty sure. I might have the numbers mixed up, but it does start to, they do start to regress. So Lotus, you to a, I'm sorry, hon. You got to be a really strong individual. And as ladies, regardless of your position in that person's life, whether you're just a friend or you're a mother, you're a wife, your, you know, a parent, um, you have to help them maintain mentally strong. I know it's hard for us because, you know, we're holding everything down on this end and that's a lot. We're caretakers on top of it. So as exhausting as this lifestyle is, it's still important to make sure that your loved one knows that you are here during this yeah. time. You know, Definitely. because it really does play on how they do their time. Because yeah. they, it, it they don't even yeah. have all the distractions. Like my husband's in Bard. He got accepted to Bard. And right now Bard is not even, there's no school. There's no programs running. Nothing is coming in. Nothing is going out. So they're literally just sitting there thinking about everything at this point. Right. And yeah. I do know somebody. I'm not, not going to mention. who. Right like who but her husband he he kind of slipped a little bit and he went on the deep end and it was a very scary situation for everybody because she had to receive a phone call from somebody else's family member to say yo we don't know what happened to your man but um he's not okay right now you got to call up here and find out what's going on come to find out that he tried to commit suicide it was a whole thing and she was on you know social media asking everybody for help and that's how we were actually receiving answers from the facility at that point what was going on because it was just crazy and you gotta you gotta really stay on top of them at times with yeah. everything maintain that family um foundation even though 
you have all of these limitations because everybody, the whole country is going through stuff right now. But you got to realize, even though our loved ones are not even here, you got a lot of people that live together and don't even like each other. They don't even talk to each other. And they live in the same house. You know what I'm saying? Lotus, how are your boys doing? Where they're at? Um, They're doing they're doing fine um, compared to for, for the situation. Youngest, I can email him because we can. That's good. You know what I'm saying? And he has access to the phone. My oldest is like they're on lockdown all the time. He gets to come out in the morning time. Some days morning, some days the afternoon. You know, uh, yeah, it's exhausting. The fact that I haven't saw them. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It makes the whole situation. It puts a drain on it. Yeah, you know, and that, that I think I feel like that being in your family, it, it plays a lot with mental health. You know, because they want to see their family. They want to be loved on. They want to, you know, what I'm saying. And that plays a lot mentally. And they just sit in there like McKenna said. Um, my son down in Mississippi has nothing to do. Like they both have anything to do they're just sitting there no program no anything and it just makes it yeah like mckinney said they're around each around other people that they don't they don't necessarily get along with or like that's very powerful because you know we have the option out here to be like you know what let me go call my girl let me go and have lunch with my friend and you know do this now we can find a way and they cannot. And that also, yeah. that also, you know, reminds us that it's the holiday season coming up. We got Christmas coming up. We just passed Thanksgiving. And those are two major holidays that are wrapped around family, family yeah. gatherings, you know. So we also are not only are we battling with COVID as a nation, but we're also battling with the holiday season and what it's like to miss our loved ones during, you know, whether it's the first holiday without them or rather it's 10 holidays later, we want them at our side. You know, we want to be able to sit down with a big, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, or even if you don't celebrate these holidays specifically, it's still that time of the year. You know, how how do you guys handle it? I mean, for me, you know, it's a little bit difficult because even though uh, my husband is Muslim, he doesn't celebrate. But listen, I take care of usually during this time, you know, there's all those additional visits. Right. So um, it's the one time a year when, you know, the corrections department likes to have a heart. So, you know, I just miss being able to have the opportunity to go get that five dollar um big az chicken sandwich or <laughs> you know that <laughs> that salad that salad that's barely got any dressing and you trying to add little stuff from the vending machine just to try to make it like y'all are having a meal like people just be looking at us like what the hell are y'all doing but you know we really, we really try to make the, uh try to make the best of it you know we'd be over there mixing mustard and mayonnaise and dipping it in stuff and feeding each other you know those are like little things and then especially um you know my daughter is there it's like we're just cracking up laughing the whole time and that's that's just time you know to me time is the most valuable thing that we have in this world because money can come back money can be replaced but the time we can never get back and while you know I'm not saying that, you know, people shouldn't have to have repercussions for the things that they've done 
um, in life. I'm not saying that at all, but I, I am saying that I think that it's becoming very, very clear that the punishment that is being served out in a lot of our communities mm-hmm. is not deserving. Um, and it's just, it's hard. And, you know, you try to weather the storm, right. but um, it's a lot. Yeah, it, it definitely is. My a husband's birthday lot. is on Christmas Day. So this will be our first holiday where we probably won't be together. Mm. Um, and it will be the fir- the baby's first holiday also. So it's like... You know, yeah. but we're yeah. going to make the best of it, you know, because every day is different. You just got to take it as it comes. Yeah. You know, that's true. That's true. How is it to get off balance? Yeah. That's all you can do right now is make the best of it. What the boys Lotus, how are they holding up? Um, They're kind of, you said one in two years. How are they holding up being away from you? Uh, we're you know, um, sometimes yeah. we set up a, a time to call at the same time so I can uh, click them in. We did that like the day before Thanksgiving or whatever. But baby, let me tell you, it's hard. For one, I don't have any other family. I just moved out here probably about a year ago, so I didn't take uh I didn't take Thanksgiving too well. Yeah, uh, I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna wait for New Year's to go home. But after Christmas passed, I mean, after Thanksgiving passed, I was like, no, I'm going to go home. You know, I might not have my boys, but I'm going to go around with my family and be loved on. Be hard during the holiday. It is. It is. Well, you can come spend it with me. You got, um, you, that's good that you got family support like that. That you can go back and they'll open their arms to you regardless of the fact that your sons are not there. Because, you know, there are some families that are just, they will yeah. literally ostracize you because of your affiliation with somebody that's incarcerated. Yes. And you won't have one of them to run back to. So it's a blessing yeah. that you that you have some sort of um, foundation like that where you can lean on people around yeah. you. Yeah. You know, that's really good. And there's also lots of... Um, organizations that you want to imagine the power of a card, even coming from a stranger. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of organizations that people want to help, you know, just spread the love and the, and you know, that I guess happiness during this holiday, look for an organization. I can try to find some on the low page. Yeah. Post it on the low page. Organizations that you can send a card to someone that's locked down because you know, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's coming from a stranger First of all, some people don't get no mail, don't have nobody to call. Family and friends have disappeared. You know what I'm saying? Just send some right. love to somebody. Cause like, yeah. imagine like when you get a text, you know, throughout the day or a phone call from somebody and how it might cheer you up and how it brings you, you know, in good spirits or uplifts you. Like I got one today cause they knew I was nervous about the show. And just that simple text made me happy. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. imagine someone who doesn't get no mail or anything. Um, if they just get a holiday card or something throughout the year saying like, Hey, you're not alone. You're being prayed over or you're being thought of like, mm-hmm. well, let's the ladies will try to post some of those organizations. If you have an organization that's doing something like that. I know one of my comrades, Bernard uh, Cooper is doing it out of California. I'll try to get his information. McKinney says she has one. So mm-hmm. just reach out and do that. Even, and you know what, even to your own loved one, even if you yeah. talk to your loved one every single day, 
guess what? Send them a card. I promise you, they're yeah. gonna love. They're gonna love it for real. It's the little yeah. things that we all forget that matter. Exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the good things, though. You know, my husband always tells me that he really appreciates those small things, and you know, those are the things that we don't even think about. Like we could care, you know, majority of us could care less, right? But when you're in a situation where you can be socially dead, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, just like you you said something very like strong, like when people find out that you're dealing with somebody who's incarcerated, they don't want to deal with you. I have friends who I've had for years, like, you know, since elementary school that as soon as I tell them this is what my story is and I'm happy and, you know, whatever, it's like they done seen a dang on ghost. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, I never all is. experienced that. Yeah, they right? be like, all of us have no. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be the ones that you Definitely. know forever. Like, I'll be like, so my son. nothing's going to come between this and then all of a sudden, my husband's incarcerated or whoever's incarcerated and they're like, you know what? Deuces. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll be, I'll be reminding folks. And you then know, get mad at you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you did get something. get mad at you for, for you doing what you're supposed to do as a wife. Girl. Right. But, and, and what I will say, one of my, <laughs> one of my good friends, he said, you right. know, we all, we all have won something that could have ended up in a different way than it did um and you know and i just think people don't realize that and they don't think about it because to them it's it's almost like as soon as you say oh well my husband is in prison or such and such and they'd be looking like they like they just caught the holy ghost and then for you know all of my all of my religious people who love to quote the bible to me i asked them do you know the story of moses you know do you know about moses um, do you know, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I just I just want to remind people, like, man, that same heart that you want when you when you're needing grace, when you're needing or looking for something, you know, have that for other people. So mm -hmm. you know, it just is what it is, but um right. it's, it's it's interesting I like nonetheless. That you mentioned the um the holier than thou people because <laughs> they would swear blind that they are not judgmental. They're not gonna look, you know, judge you for your situation. Let me tell you something. I grew up in the church, went to a private Christian school all the way up to I was in high school. My mother was a reverend in the church. And let me tell you something. When I went to the church and I asked the church that we done paid our tithes in for over 30 something years and told them what the situation was, let them speak to the judge and the lawyer. You know what they told me? They ain't got nothing to do with that. Mm. They couldn't even give you a prayer. They couldn't mm. even write the man's name on a paper, get up in front of the congregation and say, let's uplift this man in prayer because he also grew up in the same church. The church was not there for us, child. Like <laughs> Relatives that. were yeah. not there for us. They all turned their backs on us, every last one of them. The only ones I could actually say really held us down were our mothers and my grandparents. Mm. People would dead ass look me in my face, ask me a million and one questions, but will not ask me if my husband is okay. Yeah. <laughs> but they ask me, yes. when is he getting out? When is he getting out? Anyways? 
you ask him all the questions. You ask him when he's coming out. Like that. So, so my, my husband, I'm listening. I got the same experience and I got pissed off, you guys. My auntie, I never talk to these people because they never support me anyway, right? And so my mm -hmm. cousin was like, she made a post about if you have their aunties, you have older people in your family, you should reach out to them. I've always felt like it's, it should be a mutual thing. I'm your niece, so reach out to me. I'm reaching out. So I reach out to my aunt, right? Don't you know what that lady said? That lady said, I said, hey, Aunt Cherry, so, so I love you. She takes back and said, hey, have you voted? <laughs> voted. My damn son is locked up. Your nephew's locked up. You ain't seen them in how long you asked me how I voted. Ask me how my boys are doing. Right. Man. Right. Yeah. They won't they ask. Won't they ask. won't ask. I was, I I have, was, I I was disappointed in that. That's crazy. I'll do anything and say anything to avoid the subject, you know, like, like, have you voted? You know, let's just change the whole subject. Like nothing was ever discussed. Like right. nothing's in the air or anything like that. My favorite is when I get the, don't you have a good job? Aren't, you know, you're a good person. What are you doing with someone like that? You know, <laughs> you're educated, you know, so mm -hmm. like, I like that one too. That's my favorite, you know. So yeah, I don't feel inclined to explain myself because I tell people all the time, like, I see you still dealing with your same situation. Right. As long, as, long as you don't mind doing all of the, those things. So I, I think that um, for me personally, um, I just had to decide, okay, so you were my people and now you got a problem with my choices. And so maybe we're not people anymore. And that's a hard pill to swallow, especially um, with some of the family hurt that has come with dealing with someone who's incarcerated. Like one of my older sisters, she tried to out me to my whole family. Mm. You know, um, you mm. know, for the most part, I try to fly below the radar <laughs> because I feel like my business is my business, right? Like that ain't your business. Like, I don't know who you laying with at night. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what man card hey. note you paying. Exactly. So <laughs> let's don't act like, you know, so I just felt like, okay, you know, this is my choice. This is my decision. This is my walk. This is my path. You know, my husband is very supportive of me. And why, why am I worried about folks that don't be worried about me? Mm. Okay. Got you. So I had to really get strong and solid in that. Yeah. And it took me about a good solid year before I just was like, yes, what you heard. You some years. It will take you some years. Cause I got to tell you, like, it, it used to break me so much knowing that I would literally do anything for some of these people. And I've, I've literally will go to war with some of them. And the minute that they found out that I'm going hard for my husband, like, you know what? I'm not going to hide you. I'm We're here. This is what we're doing. This is the fight. And that's it. You would think that sharing kind of not more inclined to ask questions to educate themselves. How did this happen? You know, what did you learn? Statistics. You know what I'm saying? Like, find out some information. Yeah. But instead, you want you pointing fingers and you want to look at me and situation wrong, everything wrong within my situation topic of discussion with a whole bunch of other people that feel like, oh, now we can finally talk about it amongst each other. Like. Yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile, they don't even have bread in they in their yard while they throwing all them stones. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it's I remember when I got a kid. Yeah, yeah. 
your story is much huh? like my best friend's story, McKinney. Um, my best friend is her story similar to yours. My best friend husband been incarcerated for a long while now, right? And everybody always looking at her like, why you, you know what I'm saying, still this, that, and the third. Why, 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 why fucking not? Just because he went to jail don't mean stop, you know what I'm saying? They was together prior to, to even if they wasn't at the prior to. It's just the fact that mm-hmm. why are y'all so concerned? But she does how some life goes on. Yeah, life goes on. Life still goes on on the inside, too. You know what right. I mean? Like, I don't understand it. Maybe because I've once been behind those walls as well, you know? So maybe I feel like people that I never had to experience anything deals with the system just don't get it. I feel like you know they don't get it and they don't care. To I get used it to think, time, you know, yeah. But check this out: we're all minorities. Everybody is affected by incarceration, whether it's directly or indirectly. Even if you're not a minority, you're still affected by the system. You're still affected by it. So it's not even a matter of they don't know. They know. They just, yeah. I feel like they just want to put blinders on to that fact. Because yeah. we're always trying to work 10 times harder to be equal, right? In society. Yeah. We're not really given equal opportunity. So we're trying to always go against whatever the stigma is of being a minority in this country. So when you got a situation where your cousin, your your niece or your daughter is supporting somebody who's incarcerated and really doing this like it's it's their life, that's like a, I guess they look at it as a direct slap in their face because it's like, how dare you bring my reality to my face that I'm trying to avoid, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no way you don't know. Definitely. Yeah. I, I have people making me feel like I was the only person that had somebody that was incarcerated in my family. Then one day yeah. I sat down and I thought about it and I was like, hold up. I had a bunch of uncles in jail on this side of the family and a bunch of cousins on jail on that side of the family. So why in the world everybody acting like, like, no, we can't have this discussion. Like this is the first time anybody ever went to prison. Yeah. No, it's not though. It's just that nobody feels comfortable to talk about it. And they you and it's really sad because I got aunties that's from the ages of 50 all the way to 90 who have had sons in prison. Nobody yeah. asked them about their sons. Nobody asked them nothing. Not the holidays, not on their birthday, nothing. Nobody asked no questions. They just had to ask them. And they wonder why they don't exist. Oh, what really <laughs> what really kills me is what really kills me is how our own people don't understand how this whole mass incarceration issue became a problem from the jump. Like people right. don't know about the black codes after they abolished slavery back in 1865. Baby, that didn't abolish slavery. All they did is two months later say, if you don't have this little card that says that you work for X, Y, and Z person, I'm going to go ahead and incarcerate you. Oh, oh yeah, you can raise your babies in prison too up until they get to 11 and then I'm going to put their ass to work as well. And Mm -hmm. then you go along the process and look at how many billions and millions of dollars, like if we just fast forward ahead 
and beyond convict leasing and chain gangs. And now you look at the billion dollar industry that they have created by mm -hmm. incarcerating our people. Yeah. And it's funny because people that look like you and look like me have loved ones who are incarcerated, don't know the history of this country. And that's the biggest problem. You don't see that McDonald's and Starbucks and, you know, companies that you shop with on a regular, like back in the day, mm -hmm. it used to be Nike and Victoria's Secret, you know, are all making a profit off of prison labor. You're making billions of dollars while somebody is outside working for 40 cents a day. Mm -hmm. You know, and you think about the people right. in Texas and how hot it gets in South Carolina, you know, and people don't really understand that. And so now as we start to see all of these restorative justice bills and people like really rising up, because I feel like this is the time. This is the rise mm -hmm. up time. Right. Because people are like, we just can't take it anymore. And somebody's got to do something about it. And so I just really wish um, that a lot of people will really educate themselves on what the United States really is about. Um, just yeah, just listen and hear, hear to listen and not to respond or, or have something negative to say all the time because people would, it would, they would be mind blown if they knew what was really going on mm -hmm. and how, you know, they're really charging and taxing and how much money they make per inmate to keep people incarcerated. That's why they don't parole people. That's why, you know, they, uh, put all these plea bargains on people because they know they can get some money. Not to <laughs> mention it's a hundred thousand dollars per capita to keep right. a man in prison. That's yeah. per head. A hundred thousand yeah. dollars to keep so, somebody. They're not trying to let nobody go. No. And, and, and you know see, you know wrongful convictions. People I hate when people ask me, oh isn't your husband wrongfully convicted? Why is he not home yet? Don't be stupid. Right. Don't be stupid. Because you see people coming out 20, 40 years later talking about wrongful conviction. They done years, 20, yes. 40 years, yes. double digits. With all Some the y'all don't even know how to stay with one person for six months. Yeah, yes. the proof can be right there on the table and they're wrongfully convicted at the end of the day. So when they make statements like that, you know, it's unbelievable how unaware people really are to the system mm -hmm. that our loved ones are facing and battling, you know what I'm saying? Like they think that just like, oh, well, if you got all the proof, just show it to the judge and it's going to be okay. But guess what? It's right. not okay. You know what I'm saying? There's people spending 27, 35 years for a burglary and, you know, other crimes more heinous are out within five to 10 years. Like the system is just screwed up all the ways around and people don't yeah. even take time to understand that, you know, that's yeah. a whole nother Though, but. It is. It is. It is a whole nother show. We'll, but no, we'll mm -hmm. get started. <laughs> people got to come back to us and watch us. Yes. Yes. Definitely. So no, don't forget to so tune in. To yeah. Nine o'clock on Thursday. No, we're gonna do Mondays. Remember, Mondays. so okay. um, we have some. Um, yeah, we have some organizations that we follow. Um, uh, the Plus Party. Um, this show is presented by Plus. 
the National Plus Coalition. And so on Wednesday evenings, um, we have live at Parchment, live straight out of Parchment. And Thursday, uh, we have those with the Free Alabama Movement and live from the plantation um, and their blog talk radio show. So if those are things that you guys are interested in following and hearing more about, um, I definitely can tell you that it, it's worth the listen. Um, so we want to go ahead and move ourselves to Monday. So we'll be every other Monday. So join us and hear our topics. Yeah. If you guys have things y'all want us to talk about and touch on, please leave comments on our page. And we are happy to, um, you know, kind of follow up and touch on those as many as possible. So until then, it was great talking to y'all. I feel good. Ooh. It was great. <laughs> I just want to shout out to that all of us have things going on. So we'll make sure to keep everybody posted. McKinney got some cute clothes for sale, y'all. Like, y'all yes. got to hit it up for real. Foreign. Yes. Right, so you get it. The website is forever-foreign.com. You can actually make these purchases. Everything is 10% off in December. I got to get my gifts next show. <laughs> I didn't know if it was advertising. <laughs> Yes. yes. Yeah. I also want to remind everybody that tomorrow night at 8 Central, we got some amazing poets ready to spit on that mic. A night full of poetry. Uh, come, You can look for my page. Um, Lulu, thank God, is going to help me get it going and popping because she knows I do not know what's going on technically. But my girl got me. I hope you will all join me tomorrow. Like I said, we got poets. We got musicians. They're ready to hit that mic. And I might even hit it too if I can get it together real quick. But so please join me tomorrow, y'all. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yep. Have a great night.